when what was once a product of bad circumstance becomes something we choose because that's where I lose less that's where I'm most comfortable in the place life taught me was my home barricaded inside the four walls of my own head and heart and body forgetting that you own the property and that you sign the contract in love and peace and forgiveness and mercy and hope and joy and life and not alone Hey everyone, that is a preview of the new single I have out right now called Not Alone featuring my good friend and spoken word artist John Jorgensen. Please check it out anywhere you listen to music, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, Amazon Music, YouTube. It is in all those places. If you need a song to remind you you're not alone and everything that's going on in the world, please check that out. Now let's get to some basketball. Hello, 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 and welcome to the 10 Minute Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Stefan. Thank you so much for checking us out. This is episode two of season two. First of all, thank you everyone who's been listening to the podcast. The numbers on Anchor have been way more than I thought they would, so I definitely do appreciate it. It's been a little bit since I've released an episode, the reason being that my wife and I took a vacation to New Orleans, which was phenomenal. Definitely loved that city. It was great checking it out. Um, yeah, the Pelicans were playing while we were there, but unfortunately we had other things to do besides go to a game, but hopefully next time we are there, we can check out a game. The tickets weren't too bad, but maybe that's because they were playing the Brooklyn Nets. Um, let's get into basketball. First off, here are my thoughts. I think Oklahoma City Thunder is actually a real team. I think they'll be a solid three, four seed in the West. Um, I think their pickup of Dennis Schroeder was actually phenomenal for them. I think it's everything that they wanted. They need somebody, you know, to spark coming off the bench, you know, to take the place of Russ whenever he's hurt, which he currently is with a uh, ankle sprain. Um, it kind of gives them some offensive firepower, um, someone who can run the offense, you know, whenever Russ needs a break or whatever and doesn't re- rely solely on Paul George to kind of lift them offensively. I think what we've seen is Paul George has kind of settled into his role as like a second option. So um, I think whenever he's the first option, he kind of gets a little hesitant. And so having Dennis Schroeder there, who is not afraid to make decisions and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. um, I think that's going to help them out in the long term. Um, But I think, honestly, the best move that they made this offseason was getting rid of Carmelo Anthony. And I think we're seeing exactly why they got rid of him with how he's been playing for uh, the Houston Rockets. We know that he is a shell of a player that he once was. We know that he can only you know, contribute offensively, maybe one every out of every 10 games. Um, we know that he doesn't play defense. He's playing in an antiquated system um, with just how he likes to play. So I think they did a good job of getting rid of him, picking up Dennis Schroeder, getting New Orleans Noel. Um, I think they're going to be a really solid team, like I said, in the West, maybe a 3-4 seed. I don't think they can really compete in a seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals, but I think they can definitely get to the second round and really compete against a team like the Jazz or Portland um, or even Denver. Um, So it's going to be really exciting to see how they play, how they bring Russ back with his ankle sprain, how how much time they give him uh, just getting used to 
you know, to playing again after he was kind of out with uh, some injuries in the preseason. So uh, best of luck to them. And yeah, I think they're actually the real deal. Let's talk about the favorite topic these days, the Los Angeles Lakers. I've said this, I think as long as I can be saying this, as long as he's been the head coach, but I do not believe in the deepest of my bones that Luke Walton is the right coach for this Lakers roster. Um, I think when he got signed as the coach, it was a great opportunity for him to really build the team back, you know, when um, uh, Mitch Kupchak and, and Jim Buss were running the team. But looking at the moves that Magic has made, um, it doesn't fit with sort of the latitude that they thought they were giving Luke. And I think we're seeing that right now um, with just – it's a whole lot of offense, not a whole lot of defense, a lot of finger pointing. They're not able to close out games, a lot of immaturity when it comes to the players. Um, I don't think he's the right coach for this Lakers roster. I think he's a great coach. I think he would fit somewhere really well, you know, where they're kind of on the up and up, maybe a team like Orlando, maybe, you know, a team like Indiana. Um, one of those teams where he gets the chance to really kind of build and make player decisions, um, you know, or input for player decisions where it would which would fit his roster the best. Um, but I think in order for the Lakers to succeed, they need someone who's more of a hard, like a hard coach who's not willing, who's willing to coach them hard. Someone like maybe a Tom Tibbs, but maybe not that, you know, that uh, hard. I would love to see Mark Jackson step out of the announcing booth, go take over the Los Angeles Lakers. I think he would be a phenomenal coach because he set the building blocks for defense for the Golden State Warriors. Um, he knows how to coach teams hard. He knows how to be somewhat of a showman. I mean, he was definitely, you know, one of the more colorful coaches in the league. I think he would be perfect for them. He could teach him defense. He's a former player, so LeBron would listen to him. Um, you know, he can force the younger players and even someone like Rondo, someone like, um, you know, Lance Stevenson, even LeBron to be held accountable for their actions whenever they miss defensive assignments or miss the right pass. Um, I think Mark Jackson would be a phenomenal coach for the Lakers. I would love to see that happen. I just don't know if it will. Um, I don't think Luke will last the season um, just because the expectations are so high for this team that, you know, they thought the additional LeBron would mean that they're going to the playoffs. Um, and right now, how the standings look, yeah, I don't know if they'll even make the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I think they, it's time for a change. I think after Christmas, if they just keep losing or they're winning sort of, you know, barely close games against teams that aren't very good. Um, I do think their best bet is to trade Brandon Ingram. I think they should trade Brandon Ingram. They should trade Lonzo, um, you know, and get some more defensive stoppers, maybe someone like an Avery Brad, someone who's a younger you know, taller center who can give them that defensive efficiency that they need in the paint to block shots, um, things like that. I think that's what they need. I think they can flip Brandon Ingram. I think they can flip Lonzo for really good either veteran players or draft picks, which I think will help them going further. Um, I think the roster is a little crowded. You have They have a lot of length, but they have a lot of selfish players who are willing just to have a green light whenever, which I think doesn't really run their offense very well. Um, and with LeBron, as we've seen, there's not really a whole lot of offense. It's just kind of like LeBron has a ball, everyone get out of the way. They don't run any sets for any players very well. So um, yeah, that's what I think with the Lakers. It'll be really interesting seeing, you know, over the next couple of weeks as we're getting closer to Christmas time, how they're able to band together and win, or if it's just going to be constant tension in the locker room. 
gets me to an interesting thought that I had. I think you should look for Terry Rozier and Kemba Walker to be traded at or before the trade deadline. I think for a lot of teams, as the season goes on, you're going to find these teams that are maybe in third or fourth place in the East and West, really looking for that player to kind of push them over the top. Um, and kind of like OKC did with Dennis Schroeder, I think Kemba Walker and Terry Rozier can be that sort of offensive fire um, power that they need. Um, and both of those guys are on like one-year contracts or very affordable contracts. Um, and so I think you'll be able to see these three or fourth place teams, you know, that really want to make conference finals, kind of push themselves over the top. They might just rent them for, you know, basically six months or less than six months. Um, maybe see about, you know, kicking the tires on a long-term deal with those guys. But I think you'll see both of those guys, um, you know, being traded, uh, to one of the third or fourth place teams, which would be really interesting uh, and I think would shake things up, especially coming after the All-Star break. My last thought, actually two more thoughts. One, let's talk about Christos Porzingis for the Knicks. He um, posted a picture on his Instagram of him sprinting. And I think he's rushing to, to he's rushing back to play because I think he wants to show that he has value to the franchise. I think the Knicks are kind of looking at him like, yeah, maybe we'll sign him, maybe we won't. Um, they offered him a deal, a uh, 50-year deal, I think, and he didn't take it, which obviously that's to be expected because he wants a max contract. Um, I everyone calls him the unicorn because he's seven foot two and can shoot the three, but I don't think he really fits with where they're going in the future. They want a big name all-star like Kevin Durant, you know, like uh, Kyrie, um, you know, one of the major free agents this season. And I'm not exactly sure how he fits with their game plan. I mean, with Kyrie, he might fit well with the pick and roll, but Kyrie wants to resign in Boston. I don't think he fits with Kevin Durant. Um, They play sort of a similar style of game where they need the ball in their hands. I mean, Kevin Durant is very efficient, but um, even just watching how Kristaps Porzingis plays, I'm not a huge fan of of how they use him. Um, they, you know, he wants to pop out, shoot the three a lot, um, which is totally fine. You know, draw his man. But if you think about people who's going up in the East, especially if they ever make the playoffs, you're looking at someone like Serge Ibaka who can totally bully him. You're looking at someone like Joel Embiid, who just dropped like 47, 48 points last night, um, who can also do the same things, but is better and and a little bit healthier. Um, Even someone like Hassan Whiteside uh, for Miami can sort of do the same thing, although he can't shoot a three uh, to save his life. And so I wouldn't necessarily pay him, you know, like 25, 30 million dollars a year that he's asking. I don't think he's worth that type of money. Um, You know, I would pay him more in like 15 to 20 um, and give him like a four year deal. Uh, because anything more and you're just going to hamstring your team, especially as he does have injury history and cannot stay healthy. And that's it for me from the 10-Minute Basketball Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out Season 2. Feel free to check out Not Alone by me and my good friend uh, John Jorgensen. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you very much.